0: Hey everyone, uh, Aaron here. I'm hopping in real quick before everything gets started to give you guys a couple pieces of information uh, to keep in mind while you're listening. Um, We had some technical difficulties that may cause some glitches or people talking over each other even more so than normal. Um, We're still fine tuning our system and we do not have the best internet as I'm sure I've mentioned many, many times during our podcast already. Um, but if you hear something that's kind of odd, it's probably because of that. Uh, also, we recorded this before uh, certain news had come to light uh, about um, an actor. So um, we definitely do not mean to um, offend or upset or cause anyone grief, So, um, and if we do, we do apologize, Uh, but just keep that in mind uh, as you are listening. Um, Also, just want to give another shout out to Sam and Paige. Uh, We loved having them on, and uh, thank you guys so much for listening and being patient with our um, recording and release schedule. We we do our best, but we are extremely busy. Uh, Thanks so much, and enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome to the show where the ends justify the beans.
0: <laughs> we I stole your joke! Cannot start, we cannot start the episode like that. Are no. you sure we can't? I, I I, don't know if I refuse, but I...
1: Editor? Really? You're in my hands right now. I could start off with a terrible no-context pun, and we would just have to keep it in there.
0: And you would be Elizabeth.
1: And he would be Aaron. And, and we went there to the, the idea... idea. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, where we're definitely professionals and always release on time. Uh, we are joined today in the studio by favored guests, favored friends, Sam and Paige. Sam and Paige,
2: welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much. Hello. So good to be back.
3: Longtime listener, fifth time caller. Hello. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh,
1: You all may remember Sam and Page from their multiple joinings on our podcast. Most recently was the March bracket that we did for Disney animated movies. And we had such a fun time. I say fun. There was some tears shed. There was some anger, some hostility. The five stages of grief occurred. But we did pick a winner. And so...
0: And that was all just me.
1: And so we thought, why don't we have them back? Uh, But why don't we have them for something that we do talk about when we're not doing brackets? We are going to talk Marvel, we're going to talk MCU, and we're going to talk Marvel MCU TV shows. Now, Erin has thoughtfully provided a randomized bracket for our perusal, which we have posted on our Facebook page. You're welcome to take a look at and join along with us. That being said, I knew the Disney one would get heated. This one, I have no idea what's about to happen. We could all agree every single time, or we could have... a a fight a friendship ending fight who's to say i'm hoping one or the other for good content
0: (laughs) i i don't think we'll ever have i love sam page too much i don't think we'll ever have that true fight (laughs) in the friendship
3: i mean my thoughts are if we could survive the beauty and the beast v emperor's new groove fiasco and come out unscathed i feel like we can tackle anything
2: it will be talked about for yeah. years to come.
0: <laughs> I will
3: let uh, everyone know uh, that
0: there is a couple little qualifications and we have actual um... Uh, sections on what we're gonna base uh this off of, and even having a tiebreaker this time,
1: which was uh, Paige's very smart idea. Very,
0: very smart idea. I come uh, with my brain. Um but we did limit the t- list of television shows to the phase four shows. Uh, there was uh, a host of TV shows on like ABC beforehand, um including the absolutely Terrible and humans. Uh, 100%. Do not recommend, except for one scene uh, where the gentleman who played Black Bolt turn in a Emmy award. Only
1: thing with Black Bolt, I would recommend, Pretty honestly. Much.
0: Even Doctor um, Strange and
3: Multiverse of Madness.
0: Hmm. Yes, because they recognized how good he was in that terrible show. He, he, that's his, that's his the part, only good part of his appearance. His part
1: there. was fine, I guess.
0: Man, they did him dirty though. <laughs> but we did limit ourselves to the Phase Four TV shows uh, because a they were. Fully produced by Marvel and Disney and also B, they had a lot more thought put into them.
1: Say even more so that Marvel, the company, considers them essential to the understanding of the MCU as opposed to ancillary, you know, behind-the-scenes, extended edition content, so...
0: Hey, we know you all like Daredevil, but we're going to stop the Netflix show.
1: Oh, we all. And then bring
0: it to Disney+. Plus. We all like
1: Daredevil. We're going to talk about him. Um major spoilers for every single one of the shows we're about to talk about uh, except for the one we didn't watch so (laughs) Aaron what are the eight shows that we're going to be talking about today
0: uh so in no particular order or rather in bracket order we have uh the falcon and the winter soldier miss marvel moon knight hawkeye what if she hulk wandavision and loki
1: well, let's get right into it then. Uh, before we do,
2: um, Paige, can you let us know what are the four qualifiers that we're going to be judging these shows on? Yes, ma'am. So we will be rating one or, hey, zero to five. It's, it's whatever Ooh. you want here. Um, Character slash setting. Plot slash structure. Production quality. And consequences. Quick, <laughs>
3: quick note about the production quality. That goes for like the sets, the costumes, the vis effects we are also lumping in there because that has been a talking point several times throughout these runs. And I think they're worth uh, weighing.
1: For sure. Completely agree. Well, let's get right into it. Our very first matchup is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier versus Miss Marvel. The tension bounces. <laughs> Everyone is afraid to say their thoughts.
3: Well, let's uh let's let's look at these two shows in the context of the release order and where they're at in terms of the Disney Plus shows. Falcon and Winter Soldier was the second show that was released in the lineup, and it seemed to play off of the movie universe a little more directly because it was setting up what's to come. One of those things that was to come was Miss Marvel. So as it continues to build on the foundation that Falcon Winter Soldier laid and shows like it, they serve different purposes in this world and are unique unto themselves. So we're going to dive into those and decide maybe not which one's objectively better, maybe so, but maybe which one just has more weight in the overall scheme. We'll see.
1: It's really hard to divorce these shows from the scheme, as Sam aptly puts it. None of these are individual properties. They all have, they're all supposed to have Important implications for the universe as a whole. If everything's important, nothing is important, and I think we'll <laughs> get into that a little bit as we move on. Um,
0: if if I were to put these two shows into sports terms, or to kind of compare to the March Madness that is currently happening, um, I was in second place for like a week, and now I'm in ninth. <laughs> um, I would honestly have to say that Miss Marvel, uh, just in comparison with Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, this is the most more defensive show because it may not go Offensively towards the MCU as much but push when push comes to shove There's a lot that happens in the show that does set up future properties that does set up future stories and and in reality like The foundation uh, is very much there. There's like they don't go for the ball as much But whenever the ball comes to them, they can handle themselves Whereas it's kind of the opposite in my mind for the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes, they they go for a lot. You know, you get a lot of big story elements with Falcon and Winter Soldier that have a lot of obviously implications everywhere else. But there some are, some of the foundational things are not there as much. This is not a quality of the show or story or anything like that. It's just kind of overall what I what how I'm feeling.
1: I used to you used to not even know what tight end was. I'm constantly amazed. Oh no, by I your... know what
0: tight end is. It's your it's your rear end. Mm. hey
3: marriage jokes
2: but if we are talking <laughs> about differences um i think these two shows are pretty different as far as like the baggage we're taking in because obviously falcon and winter soldier we know who these guys are they have a huge history they were both big parts of one of the main avengers like you know we know these guys are they have a history etc cetera, etc cetera. whereas miss marvel we don't know who she is we don't know about, well, some people do, you know, comics people, but it's a brand new storyline We're being introduced to this person and it's comparing two older gentlemen to a younger teenage girl. And how different could that be, right?
1: <laughs> you know, audience is a factor to determine with these as well. They're courting two very different groups of people with both of these, not only with the stories they're telling, but the editing and visual effect techniques that they choose. I I think we should break it down then. Character and setting. I really do enjoy the characters in both of these shows, but with so many Marvel properties, I tend to gravitate towards the villains because they are really written well right up until the third act when they just are mean to women or commit a random genocide because, oh, wait, they were too relatable. They were too empathetic. Quick, make them incomprehensibly evil so that we... Forget that they had good points all the way up to this. So, for me, the flag smashers were a really compelling group of antagonists to go up against. um And in addition to that, we had our fake Captain America, who was great. I thought that he did an amazing job, just taking everything you love about Cap and just twisting it and contorting it. So,
0: like, did you ever jump on a grenade? Uh, uh, ever jump on a live grenade or a grenade you thought were live- yeah, but I, I put my helmet down, it's a trick. That, and, like, the way he explains it off, you, you don't even realize, like, yeah, he's jumped on a live grenade, ready to sacrifice his life, but, but in reality, he wasn't sacrificing his life. He was still hoping that the helmet would protect him, whereas when Steve Rogers did it, he was 100% ready to sacrifice his life. So it, there's just, like, different levels of how he treated the the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I kind of a, I wish that had happened more. I wish... He that our small villain, our individual villain, had gotten more and more corrupt and dark because we knew that from the beginning. We didn't like him. We weren't going to like him. He just had to prove himself to be a monster. And that was great. And that was perfect. I wish, though, that kind of like how both Black Panther movies actually do address some of the problems that they've up and say the villains kind of had a point, I kind of wish that it existed in this one, too, with the Flag Smashers. Now, in Miss Marvel, I again, we have a a single villain, and a larger group of villains, as it were. We have a world that's trying to take over ours, and we have the family drama. And personally, for the way that it handles it, I just think it handles it better in Ms. Marvel. I like all the characters a lot in Ms. Marvel. I really like their dynamics. I like what they're trying to do. I like the family trauma angle, because I like Encanto, and that's where everyone's going right now, so I enjoy that, too.
3: There is something to be said about having a story, and even a antagonist, that's more grounded. And in the grand scheme of the Marvel cinematic universe, it can be relatably grounded, like a Miss Marvel where she's a teenager doing like going through regular teenager things with superpowers peppered in. Then there's like universe ending other stuff. Like on the opposite end of the spectrum is I talk shit on this movie all the time because it is shit. Multiverse of madness, where nothing is grounded at all. So you just kind of lose your audience at that point. And I agree, Liz and Aaron, Miss Marvel in terms of grounding its story makes it more accessible in a way and relatable, but to Falcon and winter soldiers point and to their credit, I got to say, like, I did love the fact that they did focus on the bigger picture because that really kicked off the discussion about the politics after the blip. Cause there were people who were gone. Suddenly they're back. There's like a huge economic flux after that. There are displaced people, um, people who didn't have homes anymore because their houses got bought in the five years they were gone. And that is something you got to consider. Like, I never even thought about that when the Avengers undid the snap and everybody came back and everyone's like, yeah, fuck yeah, everybody's fighting, woo. I'm like, oh shit. No, there's like billions of people now that are just like, hey, um, I have a question. What the fuck?
0: And another show like actually kind of addresses it a little bit too. And um, we'll get to that when we uh, come across it. But like I, the the implications of having, you know, there were people who were in the middle of open heart surgery or those who were flying on a plane up in the air. So if you come back exactly where you were, I mean, there's still millions of people dead
1: now. Ah, these are magic rocks. We're just going to assume they got everyone back to the appropriate places where they needed to be. It's magic. It's magic. Like- it's
3: magic. <laughs> yeah, like-
1: uh, I, I agree, Sam. I It's such an important discussion to have. And that's why it's, A bummer to me with the ending of Falcon and Winter Soldier coming down to him just saying to these politicians, do better. Like, that's not going to change anything, my guy. Like, there was real systemic change happening. Now, that being said, I love me some therapy sessions. (laughs) I love me some Falcon Winter Soldier therapy sessions. Those give me so much energy. The chemistry between them off the charts. Fantastic.
0: And and, and, um, I think... uh... Paige kind of um, addressed it with how we already had a couple of movies to establish their relationship, or at least the semblance of the relationship, whereas with Ms. Marvel, we kind of had to basically come into it blind,
2: so. So if we have this great chemistry, if we have this great story, and we have, you know, all of our ducks in a row, why was I so bored? (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about plot and structure. Yes. Plets.
0: Yes. Yes. To, to, to make sure, I, were you bored with Falcon Winter Soldier or bored with Miss Marvel?
2: Falcon Winter Soldier, my bro. <laughs> I,
0: I, I can see it. I, I personally really, really liked the show, but I can see that because I'm thinking about, you know, Miss um, Marvel and how many, like, cool scenes there were and, like, the they may not be as, like, big of impacts as Falcon Winter Soldier, but they're much more congruent or they're much more closer together, whereas with Falcon Winter Soldier, it's like, Wee! Wee! it's like a roller coaster, much higher, higher highs, lower lows.
1: I've become so basic in my old age because I'm like, why can't a movie just be about two people building a boat together who don't quite get along? There are no world-ending stakes, it's just this odd couple energy, which is the same problem I had with the Venom films. So if we could have just had an odd couple movie, just please, just show them trying to make pancakes together. That being said, I like both. I like I like the intimate scenes, and I liked the big scenes. They just never blended. They never sat together.
3: Yeah, the part that really stood out to me when I was first watching. Falcon Winter Soldier. I feel like we're giving more airtime to Falcon Winter Soldier. We'll talk about Miss Marvel more in a second. But the part that stood out to me as I was watching it was, it was the first Marvel property I watched that noticeably felt less than. Because we're used to the action set pieces and the quick moving stories of a two and a half, three hour movie. When you have that kind of time and budget and, face it, production pace You can take more care. You can choreograph more intimate, extravagant fight scenes and action scenes. But when you're shooting TV, your budget is lower per episode. you got to move faster. You can't take all this time. So that was the first time, like, you know, like that uh, scene where they're fighting on top of the trucks or whatever as they're doing their thing. I'm like, this is a cool fight scene, but it still feels less than I'm used to. Not that it's bad. It's good for TV, but crap compared to, like, these groundbreaking things we had from the movies. So that contributed yep. to my boredom for me. For but... me,
2: I, I think it was, why should I care about this? Like, why should the stakes that you're presenting me be so life or death? And, you know, for me to wait around another week to watch another one, I'm just kind of like, oh, I guess we need to watch that. <laughs> Whereas for others, including Miss Marvel, I was like, ooh, we get another episode tonight. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's move the story along. I'm ready. You know, it, it
1: felt enjoyable. It didn't feel like a slog. And it, I don't even think it's Falcon and Soldier's like, fault, per se, for tackling a huge issue like this. And it had to be a bit more serious. But I kind of feel like Miss Marvel does deal with uh, issues of racism, of xenophobia, of uh, teenage angst, and getting along with your family, and family trauma, and immigration. And it's all that in this brightly, beautifully colored wrapped package. So if we're gonna talk Miss Marvel, we gotta talk about the production because it was so much more illuminated. It reminded me so much of Mitchell's versus the machines. Yeah, almost yeah. a human
0: humanized version of it. Yeah, I see that.
1: Where like her life, her dreams like intersect with reality. So fun. I,
0: I actually I that's a point of contention for me, not because of what they chose to do, but rather that they chose to do it. For like an episode or two, but it it doesn't it doesn't it's not consistent. I think that's on. Purpose. I loved the little random references. It reminded me a lot of like
1: that gets more serious, less dreamy.
0: Um, yeah, because see, she's I'm...
2: less disillusioned and she's more in the shit of it, you know. And so she has less time to be playful and imaginative, and that and that's visually represented in a change where in the beginning she's creating and she's just a teenager and like, she's got crushes and she goes to school and like the worst thing that could happen with her is like a fight between her and her parents. Whereas things change, things get way more serious, literally life and death of the world. And things get a little more cloudy, you know? And it maintains its color when they travel over. It's like
1: the, the vibrancy of that area was gorgeous it felt like it
0: almost was more natural yeah because of where it was taking place
1: yeah i loved i love the set design i love that they traveled to their home country like thank you please i I want to see this this is cool i like learning and seeing different cultures than my own i've seen a billion american cities show me something different please and from (laughs) like you said from a
3: historical perspective like showing the partition between india and pakistan as a kid who grew up in the American education system, we were never taught about that shit.
2: Mm-mm. Ms. Marvel
3: opened my eyes to a, a historical event I was unaware of. This is important. I had no stuff. idea this was a
1: thing. No idea. I'm like, what are they talking about? Like a yeah. real thing? That every,
3: really every time they brought up
0: partition, I'm like, isn't that a song by like Beyonce or something? And that's just to go to show the, the American
3: the failures of the American public's
0: uh, education system.
3: <laughs> yep, we can but, tell you what the Stamp yeah, Act of like, 1771 I, I started, but we can't tell you shit <laughs> about the partition. That's dumb.
2: <laughs> I do love the prisoner of Azkaban of it all where it's like, no, no. Who, who saves me? They saved me at the end. Oh, wait, I, save me. I yes. saved me. Fuck. yes, <laughs> I saved me. Oh, <laughs>
1: loved it. Loved it.
0: Um, and uh, there there's, and, and I, I completely agree. I loved all of that where I kind of have to take just a little bit of a stand, and this is not this is one of the few areas I'd have to take a stand on. I thoroughly loved all of the casting. I thought the actress that they picked for Miss Marvel, you know, you can tell she, this is like one of her first big roles, but she's going into it with a ton of gusto. Like, I feel like she actually was a fangirl going into it, which she actually was. I loved all of it. When that all being said, the acting just overall was a few levels below the acting we got out of Falcon Winter Soldier. There's yeah. there's reasons behind that because if you you know you look at Sebastian Stan and Al, uh, Anthony Mackie, they've had time in other projects to work on these. And characters. they are classically
3: trained actors in their forties as well. I mean, well, uh, yeah, girl, exactly. I, I'm blanking out on the actor's name who played Kamala Khan, but at any rate, like she clearly big Marvel fan and clearly had like a theater background. I mean, like she's probably like a pretty deep, like good theater kid where she came from, but with some things like with experience comes a lot of refinement, especially when it comes to film acting. So she did good for what was called and asked of her and where she's coming from. But yeah, I agree with you, Aaron. Yeah, and, it was not and, and not to, quite to the same you, level we're used to.
0: And even to that point, I'm actually kind of making that transition a little bit myself. I'm, I've done so much stage acting and, and um, theater uh, throughout my years that now I'm starting to do a little bit of film. It's a significant difference. Completely you have different to... game. Yeah, and so I'm, and, um, please understand I'm not trying to call out this actress because she still did an amazing well, job. Well, consider
1: I'm... that Iman Vellani is only 20 years old right now which yeah. means she did this show when she was like 18. 16 18 she was like. a kid
3: she is a kid yeah
1: and
0: and i this is not calling her out at all it's and i meant for the entire show the overall level of acting that we got out of miss marvel versus the overall level of acting and cuz there's plenty of season actors and actresses in miss marvel um they didn't have any like the bigger names Or at least bigger to American audiences. I will one hundred percent put that action.
1: And you know, think about that because we don't have any Pakistani American actors and actresses that we've given big roles to, so they don't have any big things to lean on.
0: And and this is this is where we're going to start seeing a lot of that change, which I'm very very happy for. Um, But the you have such heavyweights like Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie but then also you have uh, some of your newer people or your newcomers um like Wyatt I'm um, forget he's it's Russell. one of his parents last names Wyatt Russell coming in and absolutely just decimating this role like he did such an amazing job he almost Joffrey from Game of Thrones it a little bit um but there's there's just such a great set of acting that that was brought out from this and maybe it's because they took themselves a little bit more seriously or the 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 editing helped them more than Miss Marvel. But that's that's the one of the few sticking areas that I'm kind of starting to see where we're going, which is fine. I think the Falcon Winter Soldier has Miss Marvel beat. Yeah,
3: specifically, Yeah.
2: But also to that point. Kind of like how I said before, if we have these seasoned actors and, you know, we're watching them and hell, I'm in love with both of them. Um, And then they're, you know, bringing this great performance. Why am I still so disconnected to it when I have such a young, new, fresh actress who's just like giving it her all? Is she, you know, America's best yet? Probably not. Will she? I don't know. But I'm still way more engaged in that because of the story, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that, you know, has some weight, but it's not all the weight. I,
0: I I completely see that point. Yeah. I and and that's where I'm like, that's that I I think my statement from a little early about the defensive and offensive I think still holds very true because like Miss Mar- again. Miss Marvel doesn't reach for the stars, but it's still in that you know stratosphere.
2: She literally whereas could, though.
0: Falconer Soldier <laughs> is desperately trying to.
1: <laughs> well, then let's look at the implications of it. Then, mm. if the Flag Smashers had been able to be an empathetic group of people all the way through, perhaps flawed in their execution, but still overall right to care about the disenfranchised of their world. I would have said that there was greater implications for Falcon and Winter Soldier moving forward. As it stands, it feels like it was only there to set up our Dark Avenger storyline, which I know is coming, because that's all the nerds ever talk about. I said, if I'm not a nerd. Uh, With Miss
2: Marvel... Y'all said that the exact same way. (laughs) The Thunderbolt. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) I'm disappointed, because I really wanted the Dark Avengers specifically, because it's such an interesting storyline, and how... How the MCU has been set up, I thought it would have been amazing. But they're doing Thunderbolts, which honestly, in my opinion, and this is just me, it's it's a much weaker group. Even though it's what we're getting is almost Dark Avengers. But just overall it's just a weaker storyline because Dark Avengers, like you have Norman Osborne coming in and being Iron Peach Patri- trying to mash together and kiss them, you know. Like, like that this is just like There's so much great things about Dark Avengers that we're just not going to get. Norman's
2: on sabbatical, honey. (laughs) Two seconds. Um, Have y'all seen his Wired interview where he (laughs) reads off the Google searches about him? Willem Dafoe? No. You know, it's those auto, g- those
3: autocomplete interviews that they do on Wired's YouTube channel? Yeah. yeah.
2: He, at one point, he's like, talking we're... about, like, the CGI they did to, you know, make him look younger and everything. And he was like, I don't know. They don't have it mastered. I mean, but look at me. I don't look that much different from what I did back then. He's like, it's the creams. And I quote, it's the creams all the time. Like <laughs> that, that thing
3: he said made Paige laugh harder than anything else recently like just surprisingly because i chuckled i'm like "Eh, that's funny and she's just he has like
2: this devilish smile and i am a gal for skincare and he just goes it's the creams and he does like a little wink and it's the best thing i've ever seen (laughs) oh my gosh
0: he needed he needed a uh, meme worthy one like with sammy J and talking about anime or very specific sections of anime
3: Oh ew. Yeah, but I, I just wanted to get back to the the thing at hand was like talking about the consequences of these two stories. They're kinda it's kinda apples and oranges for me because like I said before, Falcon and Winter Soldier was picking up where we left off with the movies. So it definitely ties into the bigger universe that way. Miss Marvel is setting up future stuff in what is probably going to be the movie universe whether that's the sequel with captain marvel or whatever's going to happen with kang and or the eternals i don't know where the bangle came from but that's it's clearly well, setting things up for later they're looking different directions yeah
1: they're doing the yeah, they're doing the, the marvels the film the marvels yeah. which is this she's going to be reprising in that so yeah because
0: we're going to get all three essentially three captain marvels we're going to get Monica um Carol Danvers uh, and then we're actually going to get Monica Rambeau as well and that's going to be an interesting dynamic to say
3: the least I'm excited so. to see all
1: three of them a, a quick tangent and then we will rank yeah. and decide which yeah. one is which mm-hmm. in this ranking um after the whole controversy about how uh Carol Danvers never smiled in the Captain Marvel movie there's this big thing like she doesn't smile she's not an unlikable person she never smiles I'm like okay Say that's true. Say she didn't smile the entire movie. And I thought to myself, you know who else doesn't smile at all his entire movie? Captain America.
3: Never once. He
1: does not smile once in his entire first movie. And I, I just, I watched it just thinking to myself, just quietly contemplating my life and the life of the American people. Just like, really? Anyway. I think that Paige and I are, I can tell that Paige and I are pretty clearly on the side of one of these movies moving on
2: to our next tier. I think Paige and I are both on the side of Miss Marvel. Can I just say, I think in this transitional period that we are in Marvel... Where we're phasing out Iron Man, we're phasing out Captain America, we will phase out Thor. Like we're getting rid of all of these characters who we've loved so much but have given their all, and it's time to move on. And with Falcon and Winter Soldier, that absence was apparent. And with Miss Marvel, I actually was excited for the future.
3: Yeah, starting from scratch. The Falcon Winter
0: Soldier what they were trying to do with setting up the final reveal essentially um or the final two reveals it's it's honestly it's gonna sound weird it's like comparing captain america the winter soldier which had so many implications moving forward it was such a heavy movie it's had a lot of fun things but then you have Ant Man, which is still a fun movie, still had implications. But I call like Ant Man, Guardians, and a few other of these movies the palate cleansers. They're not nearly as remembered as fondly as like your Iron Mans, your Captain Americas. Uh, but they hold still hold a lot of substance, and there's still a lot of value to them. um So I, in that kind of comparison, I would definitely put that. But I'm kind of in agreement that while the two implications from Falcon and Winter Soldier are very, very important with the Dark Avengers, and then, spoilers, uh, Sam becoming Captain America, There, those only can take you so far, whereas Ms. Marvel's are so much bigger and so much deeper.
3: I did want to mention one thing before we cast our votes, because we talked about one of the elements that we loved about Ms. Marvel is that they taught us a little bit about history, the cultural sensitivity, um, highlighting the dangers of xenophobia and racism. Captain or Falcon and winter soldier did have some very important touchstones in there that we missed. And I think do add to its case, mm-hmm. for instance, talking about the shitty things the U S government actually did after world war II, where they experimented on black soldiers. They put that forward in this show with that character whose name I'm forgetting. Cause I'm a bad person, but there's also that connotation and implication of A black American taking on the mantle of Captain America, a country that historically has not been very great to black folks. And for him to like if if Sam did not mention that in the show, it would have been a missed opportunity. So I'm glad they took that time to acknowledge that. And even looking at um, U.S. agent Wyatt Russell it's kind of like an interesting dichotomy looking at U S agent versus captain America. It's kind of like looking at America now and America, then the world war II era America, that was more idealistic. And you could say was maybe more glued to its values of right and wrong. Whereas anything post Vietnam America, it's basically dark. It's shady. A lot of times they're the aggressor. They're the ones in the wrong, just like U S agents. So the two captain Americas or, uh, approximations that we saw were a good historical parallel there with that said um, the show did did have its faults but both shows I think did a good job of trying to address the cultural elephants in the room and the historical um, inequalities that have been prevalent for these people end of rant
1: no thank you for bringing that up Sam because you're right we'd be very remiss if we didn't say that Falcon and didn't also try I think for me the biggest thing is that At the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier, no systemic change has occurred to actually address the issues that were talked about within the context of the show. Going forward, maybe we will see Captain America actually getting lawmakers to address these concerns and and make better changes moving forward but it it does kind of sour me unfortunately to see that the best they can do is just to wag their finger at a politician and say be a better person as if as if that would make well, it all right I, now
0: i i do kind of have to step to the defense of falcon winter soldier and just for the Steve rogers did not take up the mantle of captain america to be a politician to be uh, someone a who a public
3: figure. He didn't want to do that. Yeah,
0: in fact, the, the 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 whole mockery that was made of him by going out. He gets this super <laughs> He was propaganda. Exactly, buy war bonds, and I'm gonna punch Hitler, and like that. He hated that stuff. He wanted to be on the front lines with his brothers to protect and help win this war. He did and not like the bullies. fact that why. Uh, yeah, he hated bullies. Mm-hmm. And when um, US agent uh, st- like came into this whole thing, he wanted the title. He didn't want to defeat bullies and protect America. He wanted the title. He wanted the grandeur of it. Mm-hmm. And, and um, Sam didn't want the title, but he hated bullies. and there's there's parallel to the two of them that, that it was almost like thrust upon them. Versus um, U.S. agent wa- just wanting the title. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think I, I do have to kind of step to that because that's not why he said that. He said that because he had the stage in which he could say it. It wasn't like, oh, I think I now I think the world saw because he, yeah, we saw very clearly that he is an Avenger and he can't get a fucking loan.
1: Yeah, we we clearly see that the MCU. They do not go out and make social change. They do not go out and they, they're not there to change the world. They're there to protect it as it stands. It is our villains who are often the ones who are political, seek mobility, seek change. And that's why it's getting real dicey as we move forward. And I don't want to bring this whole thing down with a further look at superhero ethical complications. Yeah, of course, but... that's that's a big
3: that's a big conversation to have. And it it definitely makes an interesting case for both shows being great. But now let's talk about why we all want Miss Marvel to advance.
1: (laughs) She's just so fun. It's just such a fun show. I laughed so often during that show. Uh,
2: Another, you know... (laughs) I'm just going to be the person who's like, devil's advocate.
1: (laughs) Please. But... Like the more I have drugged my heels against Falconware Soldier, <laughs> the more all three of you have
2: slowly turned against me. <laughs> you were know, on the same side. Um, we were all
1: together. Yeah,
2: I was just gonna say, like, you know, you know, Steve Rogers did not want to be Captain America. Sam did not want to be Captain America, but guess who really wanted to be a superhero? miss marvel and that just gives you you know the other side of things it's like the people who are ambitious the people who do want to save the world the people who do want this thing as badly as they possibly can get it and it's not a bad thing it's not a villain thing
1: yes agreed there's so many stories where it's like they wanted to save the world too much and that was the problem like that is what sort of apathetic messaging are we sending out in the world in the year of our Lord 2023? What what kind of boloney is this? People
2: can and, be and, Slytherins and be okay.
1: Yes, they can. <laughs> Justice for Slytherins. And that, and that's and,
0: the, the, uh, to build upon your point because it's very very good. Um, White Russell's character, or the U.S. agent, wanted the fame of being Captain America and being a superhero. He said he wanted it for a good reason, but when push came to shove, we saw his true colors and what he was going to do. That's what the serum does to yeah. Exactly, absolute power corrupts absolutely.
1: Which I have altered. When you give a person power, you see what they always wanted to do.
0: Which I think, I think the show even addressed that. It's like it. When you give power to someone, you show their true color. So, Same with alcohol.
2: Great responsibility. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, Uncle Ben, go die for the 20th time. <laughs> I'm
1: so glad that we had the first one be the most political of all the matchups and that we got that out of the way.
2: Let's rate. Let's rate. Okay.
0: Uh, so out of five, one being the lowest, five being the highest.
2: Aaron, you want to go first?
0: Okay, yes. Um, while there was a lot of strengths behind Falcon Winter Soldier, um, I have to give it only a three um, because it is bol- bolstered strongly by the performances that we got and the implications. But there are a lot of, um personally the leader of the flag smashers. I know she's a great actress. There was something in her writing or in her editing that just Disconnect. really weighed her down.
3: Yep. I still like
0: that actress a lot,
3: but there's some holding her back. Um,
1: I will give a three as well.
3: Yeah. I think I'm, I'm with you guys here because like, I was decently entertained by Falcon and Winter Soldier, but it didn't really, it was just so apparent that we were stepping into a new era of Marvel that was not going to live up to what the movie set. It just kind of struck me as like a middle of the road, kind of a three.
2: I'm going to wreck the curve. Oh boy.
3: (laughs) Right now it's a straight line. So you go ahead.
2: I give it a two. (laughs) It was just the most (laughs) underwhelming of all of the ones we're going to be talking about to me. And I want to give myself some room to grow. (laughs)
0: Fair enough. Honestly, Sebastian Stan's scene of realizing he's no longer controllable, and Anthony Mackey's just entire performance. Each honestly are a point, and then everything else is that third point for me. So uh, there, there's a few things that held Miss Marvel back for me, uh, but it's it's a tie for me. I gotta say a three uh, for Miss Marvel. Not degrading it by any means. It's still a, a, a great show. Um, but I just I can't give it a four the, with looking at the rest of the shows, I know there's going to be a surprise or two that are going to be <laughs> higher than this for me, but it's a it's a three for me. not it's totally valid. I, I, if I had to pick one, I would pick Miss Marvel:
1: I'm gonna give it a four. I think it's better than Falcon Warre Soldier, which means it has to be a four.
3: <laughs> I think we're on another similar gender split here. I would also give Miss Marvel a three mainly because I can't give half points here. Even though in my heart, I do hold it in higher regard than Falcon Winter Soldier. With all the factors we're looking at, it doesn't really clear the four threshold for me. So three it is.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to give it a four because it resonated more within my soul (laughs) than a lot of the others. And I feel like having not only that representation of race, but also gender, And speaking to a totally different family dynamic, I just really enjoyed that, plus the story, plus where we're going with everything and her journey overall. So I give her a four. Excellent.
0: We have our winner. So Miss Marvel moves on to the second round, the final four. Um, The next matchup is probably going to be a doozy as well. Mm. Uh, It is Moon Knight versus Hawkeye. Sticking with the established character versus a brand new character. Honestly, I cannot tell you how many times people, if I were talking to people about the MCU shows in that time frame, and I mentioned Hawkeye in the same breath as anything else, people would look at me and roll their eyes, Hawkeye's getting his own show. I cannot, I lost count at how many times that happened, because people just did not give a shit. Because he was the least favorite of the five or six of the first Avengers in the movie. Um, He got a lot better in um, Avengers 2, uh, 6, yeah, Uh, he got a lot better, a lot more likable, some some writer change, and it worked really well, Um, and then he got it, he has increased from there, but when the show actually came out, it's now, people are watching, people watch it during Christmas time, because it takes place during Christmas, and there's amazing performances.
1: All the Hawkeye fans in my girls' uh, Ladies' Night book club all are like, this is exactly what I wanted. I love Kate Bishop already. They did her such a good job with her. They did a great job with Clint. So It like it resonated with fans and with new people alike. Um, <laughs> this, this,
0: this one's going
3: I, it's it's to be
2: rough for Elizabeth, I know. It's very The Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs>
3: The, re- the reluctant male father figure taking on a spunky, young, teenage girl protege.
1: Am I wrong? It's more daddy issues, which Marvel does very, very, very well. I do it all the time. And like- we have another show with Hawkeye with dealing with the implications of the fallout from the Avenger fight in New York. Like, cool. We have a person who is on the ground in that universe, which, by the way, the MCU would just suck for the normal person in their day-to-day life. Just just the worst Here's the thing. We're going to go through the points again. We're just going to start by saying that Elizabeth is a giant Egyptophile. All of her childhood was about Egyptology in every conceivable way. And so I have the biggest unfair bias. Combine that with beautiful Oscar Isaac. And we have just the hardest... The hardest matchup of the entire thing for me well, here right now. That's, that's just I'm not true. Like, there, there
3: were two Oscar Isaacs. That's like...
1: <laughs> it was amazing!
3: Double unfair.
1: It's Oscar Isaac squared. That's like 16 Oscar Isaacs. <laughs> <laughs> an Oscar Isaac inside an Oscar Isaac. <laughs> uh, I,
0: I knew very Spinkles. little of Moon Knight and that character going into the show. I knew kind of enough to kind of to be able to appreciate it, but I still called... The final twist of the show, um, much early on, because they kind of overplayed their hand a little bit. But it was still, it, it was masterfully done uh, because it, it was still just a good story to be done. And Liz and I even made uh, Badger ribbons for Dragon Con that says uh, "Latest Gators." <laughs>
1: designed
0: it. And it was.
3: Uh, this I is gonna watch.
1: be a numbers game for me. I'm gonna I, have to numbers. Yeah,
3: it's that. it's tough. And I I liked both of these shows. I'm gonna talk about. I want to talk about Hawkeye a little bit because even though he's one of the OG Avengers, quote unquote, he didn't really get much of a chance to shine until the Avengers movie. He made his appearance in Thor, but that's kind of it. So, like, to have a thing that focused solely on him was really nice because we got to see a, we peeled that onion back a little bit in Age of Ultron. That was cool. He married Linda Cardellini. Paige has mixed feelings about that, but he, um, talking about. A uh, one of like one of the two non-superpowered or super suited Avengers of the Original Six and how they recover from that and how they try to basically start to hang it up and have a normal life was a really interesting thing to see. Cause you can tell, like he's he kinda wants to he wants to ha- like hang it up, but he doesn't really know how. Like he knows he needs to do the right thing and protect people. But he knows, like you know, he's losing his hearing. He's getting older. His kids are getting older. He might miss out on Christmas with the fam. So he's already
2: missed out on so much with them.
3: Yeah, he missed out on five years with them. So I'm sure he doesn't want to miss another second.
2: And and he just lost his best friend.
3: Yeah, that he he kind of had to kill his best friend in a way, or she let her kill herself. Yeah, yeah. But there, there are two big things with Hawkeye that have real, no real bearing on whether or not it's a good show, but it makes me appreciate Hawkeye a lot more. Factor number one, I could do this all day as a bop. Absolute <laughs> bop. That song was super fun. And they had um, Aaron Lohr, who was in the original cast of Rent, perform that song in like the full version, which was really fun. He played Roger. And second factor that made me really like Hawkeye, my really good friend from college, Adele drehouse was one of the larpers. Oh, she was Missy. Missy. And
0: she was the the taller blonde.
1: Yeah. Uh, following her Instagram, just waiting <laughs> and like, what episode is she going to show up in? I was so she, excited to see yeah. her, and she that was, she had more plot relevance. Yeah. By the
0: end, she had, she lines. She gonna kill. She had she a name. Part.
1: She like like the, she the, had lines and a name.
0: She helped them out at the end. She like, made this whole group. She that was such a neat scene. as cosplayers. That was so cool, like, Liz and I have to, like, cosplay can be a huge force for good. Liz and I have both been witness to it and have been the reasons behind it. I've had little kids run up to me to ask to take my picture while I was in cosplay, and there is not a high, there is not a drug that can replicate that amount of serotonin, (laughs) I promise you. But it, it, so it was really, really neat to see, and Honestly, I'm very disappointed in the uh, the awards, ex- the Emmys specifically, for not recognizing the amount of absolute goddamn S tier acting we got from the scene between Florence Pugh's character and Kate Barton. I mm, that, that was scene great. was so well shot, well edited,
3: well directed. Well acted, everything was on tip fucking yeah. top shape. They like, are two powerhouse actors, and I'm so glad they gave their characters time to breathe and have that juicy scene together. That was mm, I agree with you. That that is that it that it's like for your consideration type shit right
0: there. Like oh my god.
2: Alright, so speaking yeah, of ahead, for consideration. The two Oscar Isaacs. <laughs> You see an expression change on his face, and you know who he is. It was incredible. He
3: masterfully inhabited two distinctly different people, and you could tell. Yeah, without him even speaking, it was insane.
1: Was the effort. Okay, yeah. so let's let's talk characters. Let's let's break it down. All of the Oscar Isaacs all <laughs> <laughs> deserve babies. <enemies. laughs> okay.
3: Also, um, let's talk about F. Marie Abraham as conshu. I mean, that ooh, the voiceover ooh. work alone was powerful haunting uh
1: and awesome. hawk the most most punchable he's ever been he did a fantastic job i so love a villain that i good. that i can't argue with like he's damn it yeah um i just uh some um we had other people though um the uh may uh may who plays layla uh loved her did loved her, her arc uh yeah there's Oh, so many good characters in mean, Knight. But it really does come down to just one man being able to play opposite himself. And yeah. it's just so
3: and have, cool. have some better chemistry then
0: romantic comedies where it's built around two characters the entire time. Well, Aaron, you know,
3: I, you know, most men have a decent amount of practice playing with themselves, so he had it in the bag.
2: That's the second sex joke of the show. Uh, and this is morning like, sex joke bell. And this is also more of like a production. Oh,
1: we're bad.
2: This is also more of a production quality aspect as opposed to character stuff, but. Being able to film a TV show that is centered around reflections is just like slow clap.
3: Mm-hmm. For the metaphors yeah. and for the vis effects needed to pull exactly.
2: those off. Exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. Every single camera, every single boom arm, just, just the amount of effort. Uh, in Hawkeye, I really like Hawkeye because all the best characters in it are women. <laughs> and i'm sorry it's, it's that's just facts i'm very sorry i love clint but it's, it's just so many good women in that show <laughs> I, I
0: have a point about oscar isaac um but i i you, you remind me i have a question what's wrong with linda cardarelli
2: she's sarah marshall
0: in forgetting sarah marshall
2: yeah i have to assume. in real life that's who jason it was based wrote it about off of. her oh no
3: which again they were kids yeah and this was 20 years ago so there's that <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I'm they just were on a, a show- huge Jason Segel fan. Like he's my Reefs hall pass. And, geeks,
0: and they're both really, really this, young th- at that. Th- point. This, this
3: is true though. Like Jason Segel's her boy.
2: Yeah. So me it- watching Shrinking is like giving me life because there are so many Jason Segelisms that he's being able to put into this role, and so every time he does like a Dracula laugh or like a goofy little. He, you know, it's just
3: for those listening at home. She moved her arms and stuck her front teeth out.
2: You know exactly what I'm talking about, though.
3: <laughs> yeah, no so it's a bit mind
0: blowing for me because when we watch High Your Mother, all we can think about is how similar their lives are to ours. It, specifically, Marshall and Lily. Like, yeah. there's there's way too many similarities for it to be like, oh yeah, kind of a passing glance. Like, I I have a uh, a, a document. Um, that I started when I was an intern back in college because I was watching it while I was doing work and every time there was a coincidence between our lives or our friends' lives, that I, I would I would document it and the amount of Marshall and Lily stuff was almost like its own full fucking page. So
1: I can tell how much it so
0: is. Uh, I'll make that trip out to Chicago soon. Oh, you
1: know? I am oh
2: so God. sorry. It's a no for me. I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thank so. You. That's
0: perfect. So Aaron, who's
3: your Sarah Marshall? That's the real question here.
2: Does she even exist?
0: At one point of at one point in time,
2: <gasps> it was being... it's a twist. It's for those listening twist. at home,
3: Aaron pointed to his left and pointed at his wife Elizabeth.
2: Gasp! Discuss. S-
1: uh, no, well, at least t- that was me. <laughs> I mean, like
3: using Marshall and Lily as an example, yeah.
1: they
0: did have that breakup at the end of season one or season two. Um, we broke up and we didn't speak for a few years. So. Um, Anywho,
1: <laughs> anywho, uh,
0: moving back to Oscar Isaac, uh, specifically for character and for acting, yes, um, S tier, he S tier, S tier. Honestly, when I heard it, Oscar Isaac was involved, period, <laughs> I knew it was going to be a good role because one of the few movies I've ever felt forced to watch, and not like I didn't have any sort of passing interest at all was the nativity story way, way, way back when uh, we were all, I think, in high school or around that age. I had gotten in trouble at home uh, because I was supposed to come home that day for whatever reason, and I didn't because whatever reason. So I sought refuge at Elizabeth's house, and I had two choices. Either go home and fight with my mother or stay at Elizabeth's house for the day and watch the nativity story.
2: Because it was Christmas time.
0: So I watched the nativity story.
2: It's pretty good. Did you ever see it, that? Page? Am I really the only not... one who has no fucking idea what y'all are it, talking it about? Didn't,
3: it didn't get a lot of attention, but it was a movie made by the director who directed the first Twilight movie.
2: Oh, about, no.
3: About, like, Joseph and Mary <laughs> and, like, the first nativity. Okay. And Oscar Isaac played Joseph.
2: Oh, I can see that. So, Ultimate Daddy. Uh, well, let me and, Google uh, that real quick. Step daddy. Plus him and Pedro Pascal are friends, so. <laughs>
1: him, Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal did a wire together where they... Are the internet's daddies answering questions? So,
2: but
0: I knew, I knew then that he was a really good actor. And then seeing him again in, um, uh, what's the movie with like the hot, the Zack Snyder film with all the hot chicks who are actually like in a mental. You're going to have to be more specific. Sucker Punch.
1: Sucker Punch.
0: Uh, He was also in that and he's really, really good in that. So it's, it's, it's very easy to see him doing amazing in a role like this. So,
3: I mean, we're talking about the. We're talking about the actors a lot, but I feel like we got to circle back to characters. Talking about characters, obviously having a very talented actor makes whatever character you have on paper come to life even more. So you had that with uh, Haley Steinfeld. Mm -hmm. You have Haley Steinfeld playing this really cool character. No, I love her. She's great. I I love her now. Yeah. Jeremy Renner also... Jeremy Renner, also fantastic. He's, you know, he's been Hawkeye forever. He's got this down pat and he got to explore a different side of him. Awesome. Florence Pugh, who is like the second coming of Sir Saoirse and who is like the second coming of Kate Winslet. I could keep going. But um, anyway, great, 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 great actors all around. And then in Moon Knight, it's interesting because you feel like you have as many rich characters to dive into and discover, but it's with a smaller group of actors Mainly because of Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac, but also because like there's the scene with Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke in the dream sequence when they're in the mental hospital where they're playing distinctly different characters as well. It, it was just so psychologically intriguing. <laughs> just... Well, welcome to the land of the dead. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) that was actually a really cool Uh, instance because it gave it gave them a chance to address like okay these guys are in an afterlife but we've seen other characters go through an afterlife that character was able to explain like oh there are different planes of existence that exist beyond the metaphysical realm and she even name dropped um the the black panther like the ancestral plane uh, i'm like okay i guess that makes sense we've we've accepted weirder shit in this universe let's keep going (laughs)
1: yeah this was the first one where i actually felt like one of the characters was gonna die like oh I, yeah it's yeah. so hard to get that on me but like they literally went into the land of the dead like someone will surely die i was certain of and it and they did uh, and they did honestly <laughs> they did and so like it, it had high stakes and
2: that's really good for a show to pull off for me personally yeah and i could never predict what was going to happen in that show i, I no clue in Hawkeye, though, it was a real case of who's the real bad guy.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: And there were so many layers to the villain character, like her mom, like, like Maya, like echo. Kingpin, like there were yeah. so many.
3: Oh, freaking
1: point, like I'm like, I want her to have all her goals met. I want the best for her. I, I just want that life for her.
0: Well, you'll probably get to see it in her new show, so.
1: She's getting her own show? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, they yeah. na- I think they Tell me
1: it's record. going to be silent. Tell me the whole show is going to be silent, like a silent movie, and we're going to have to all like just follow along sign
2: language and subtitles. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. That's they a lot. They don't, like they don't, that have, they don't have the colors. That one episode of, what was the Zizan show? Master of None. Yeah. That was so good. There was a side it's, story. It's not that it can't
3: be done. It can. Oh, yeah. It's it's really, it can, should... can, it be very It could be done. I'm sure there'll be other hearing characters on her show that'll supplement some of the dialogue but yeah they'll make it work she's an interesting character for sure because of hawkeye i cannot say bro without putting a russian <laughs> accent on. bro bro Paige, how often do i do uh, that around the house
2: frequently Yes, tracksuit
3: i wear a lot of tracksuit like outfits because i work from home but like getting get my breakfast oh excuse me bro yeah cool life hack joggers most comfortable pants i have
0: ever worn ever i'm wearing a pair right now
3: i've not stopped <laughs> wearing joggers Best. since 2021
0: you're living the dream, and I'm I'm actually jealous of you. Yeah.
1: So happy for you. <laughs> uh it sounds like we're pretty much uh split evenly on characters then. Mm-hmm. Both shows have fantastic characters. Um setting There's something so beautifully quintessential about New York in the winter. Like I get it. I do 30 Rock. fight on the big like on the big fight on the big Rockefeller Center. I get it, but the fact that they actually go to Egypt and the fact that it's like mm-hmm. a living Egypt and then it's an ancient Egypt and little, each little love and heart really, really enjoys that part.
3: That is I... a good point to make about production because obviously Hawkeye was able to shoot on location and have these like real, authentic, cool, festive set pieces. But then with Moon Knight, they kind of had to build their own sets or approximate an Egyptian desert or a Valley of the Dead or a room full of mirrors. And what they did with... That production design using mirrors as a metaphor for the split personalities was very well done. I was so impressed Mm. by that throughout.
1: I think the production quality really does shine on Moon Knight. I know it's a bit silly at the end with these giant gods roaming the desert, but honestly, like that's what I want to see. If the gods are gonna fight, let them fight. Kaiju style, we had a Kaiju
3: Kanshu, it was the best.
1: So
0: fun. We actually, uh, we met a cosplayer at DragonCon this year. Um, when we met her, she was dressed up as uh, an ox a moon from The Mummy. Dope. Uh, which led to a very interesting photo shoot. Um, <laughs> uh, because I was dressed as Rick and Liz was dressed as, as Evie. Morty? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Betty, you're on the wrong side of <laughs> the river. Uh, we, that same one uh dressed up as an almost two size conch shoe so they like were on stilts they had like long arms the head was
1: huge and like that it goes to show that like there are some things you can only achieve with computers (laughs) and i'm i usually disparage upon that sort of thing but i think it's cool that these tools exist to create realities that we cannot see However, I'm always a fan of the practical stuff, and for that, I like to look at the costume design, because I love every single one of Moon Knight's different styles of costume. Uh, The costuming design, I read a whole article about the costume design for um, Scarab, for our Egyptian superhero. First one in the MCU, and that was really cool to talk about all the design elements on that. Uh, so, for production purposes, I think that they just, you know, they had to work harder in Moon Knight and succeeded. Mm-hmm. They didn't have as much that they could just pull from in real life.
0: I, 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 hear what you're saying with that, but the costume design for Hawkeye was a lot more realistic,
3: a lot more grounded. But it sure. still, and looked it was way amazing. more of a talking point, and it was not made just by, the stuff at the end. And it was made like... by our friend Adele, so win win.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But Kate Bishop is literally yeah. talking about a rebrand for him. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> it, and there's there's just there's so much to, to that is to be said about like her like not only taking the suit but taking on the mantle. And I'm so looking forward to like how we mentioned just a minute ago, the Dark Avengers, which are really the Thunderbolts now. We are. Setting up a hundred percent for Young Avengers. It is going to oh, happen yeah, in totally. some way, shape, or form. And my my theory is that you know Anthony or uh, uh, Sam Captain America is going to be their leader.
1: Okay, I'm glad you brought this up because when we talk about consequences or implications of these properties, I think the idea that most people would have is: does it have bearing on properties moving forward? If yes, equals good.
2: Yeah, that is like something. Young Avengers
1: style. And I just honestly give not two shits about the rest of the MCU for like we're doing our own thing over here. We have a story to tell. It has to fit in this time frame, but it stands on its own. I think it's cooler that it stands on its own.
3: Well, also it's a little early on, but it is very possible that they're going to incorporate Moon Knight into a future run of the Midnight Suns if they decide to make that into live action. Cuz they've they've already set up that they're going to bring in Blade and Dane Whitman after the Eternals. That was the best part of that crap movie. Mm-hmm. And What's then the you're talking,
0: you talking about Black Knight. Yeah. Um, I don't think Black Knight's gonna happen anymore. They ju- they like uh, today they announced <gasps> that uh,
2: Black Knight knows They're nothing? kind
0: of rebooting that <laughs> a little bit. That was
2: the only
1: thing that was gonna come out of that movie was that there was yeah. gonna be Black Knight. Well, that was the only thing.
3: <laughs> they better well, it not, just goes... better not pull the plug on Blade. I'm telling you. I don't I think Blade is still happening. I think Blade I think, is safe. I
0: think, but the the thing was with the that scene is that you hear Blade's voice at the end. Yeah. I think they're, go- I guess what the plan is, is that they're going to retcon that a little bit. And I don't, I'm not
3: sure exactly if how. If it's but- because they want to retcon the Eternals, I'm fine with it. That movie was trash. Yeah,
0: I think that's why. Um, It is the top contender for the worst Marvel movie in my opinion. Every other Marvel movie has something going for it that movie was trash. Didn't, and they're thinking about a sequel.
1: I didn't hate it.
3: <laughs> cool.
1: I didn't
0: hate you know, it. That's
3: fair.
1: That's
3: <laughs>
2: okay. That's okay. Because I, I hate Doctor Strange movies I hate it. And I, <laughs> I, and I, I have cash that. for it in that way. <laughs> yeah, but um, moving forward, like every single character, be it villain or good guy or whatever you want to blend together, like you see them in future Marvel Properties like it's very easy to picture, but it's very hard for me to picture Moon Knight working as a team fighting the aliens in he the sky, be. yeah, yeah, he was and, on team, yeah. Uh, but I was the like daredevil but...
1: capacity, he's like, it's just because yeah. in the comics, he is just like a, a one man detective he,
2: agency, he's... he's just like, I'll the Holmes, thing, yeah, but he's... <laughs> yeah. But like, in saying that to, to wrap things up. I'm excited about where it goes because it's not predictable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and,
0: and I think even Oscar Isaac and the director even mentioned that at one point during like interviews for, uh, for the show is that it doesn't really connect to the outside Marvel universe. Um, and that's, they're okay with that. You're not probably going to see Oscar Isaac in a Marvel movie anytime soon that doesn't have Spider-Man and isn't animated. So,
3: um... <laughs> oh, Yeah, true. But one thing I really did appreciate about Moon Knight that kind of came about after I saw it is like, obviously we were talking about how impressed we were with um, Oscar Isaac playing multiple characters, but the depiction they had of disassociative identity disorder in that show, from what a lot of mental health professionals are saying, very well represented, very good explanation of how this comes up and very good message of showing how like, the two personalities can reconcile and come together and work together instead of using one as a defense mechanism. Trauma. Yeah, trauma. Like, I, like I think we've <laughs> talked about cinema therapy on this show before, so but I, I love them to death. I love everything it's that they. talk
1: Since we mentioned them, Sam. Yeah, aren't I they all so the
3: good? Time. But John, the the it. therapist of the two, they did a whole episode about Moon Knight, and he he was mm-hmm. raving about, you know, not only bringing awareness to DID but showing it for what it is, not just like. The golem Demonizing type of it. depiction that you have, you know?
2: Yes.
3: Yeah, or the um <laughs> the
0: identity uh type of depiction. Mm. Really, I'm the only identity fan uh up in this piece. Oh yeah. Identity with John cusack and um freaking um what's his face? His sister?
2: The... I don't know. She's in all the stuff he's in.
0: <laughs> Not everything. This is one of those
2: things. Key... <laughs>
0: identity is about this is like a murder mystery that happens at this like little motel where all these people get like locked in and they start dying one by one you have to figure out what happens spoiler it ends up that they all are identities of this man who they are trying to show that he is insane and he is actually taking an experimental drug to go through each of the identities to figure out why they are there and to possibly get rid of them all but one of them is actually a killer. They have to figure out which one.
1: Intriguing. Huh. Okay, I like that. Add it to the list. That is cool. Yeah. I I don't think I'm going to figure out which one comes on top until we number it. But Sam, go ahead.
3: I was about to say, like we've clearly got two very strong TV shows that all four of us enjoyed. Um. So I think we just got to start assigning numbers and just getting technical with it.
0: I can already predict we're 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 a part one
3: of question mark. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so the first category, character slash setting.
1: Moon Knight 5, Hawkeye
3: 5. Ooh. doling out 5? Shit, bro. Okay.
1: Moon Knight is my favorite one, tied only with one other show on this list.
3: For
0: character and setting, um, they're both
3: 4s. Okay, I I think I'm going to be the only detractor here. Because both were very good, obviously. Both had really good characters. Like, I, I can't... I can't speak highly enough of the characters that both shows had. They they were fantastic. Hawkeye had maybe more characters, but that doesn't necessarily yeah, whatever. So, I'm going by setting. And if I'm going by like both my personal opinion on setting, which may or may not be objectively true, I loved the imaginative Egyptology setting of it all. So, I would give Moon Knight a 5 for character setting, and just because of setting, I would give Hawkeye 4 in this category again because i can't do halves i can't do 4.5 i'm gonna have to commit
2: can you just copy and paste sam's response <laughs> perfect <laughs> okay plot, plot structure. structure new night
1: five hawkeye four mm. wow yeah
3: care to elaborate or you just want to leave it at that
1: I said so much already uh <laughs> i think Paige said it perfectly, that Moon Knight kept me guessing the entire time. I wanted to know every single week what was going to happen. I was never bored. Nothing felt like faffing about. Um, Hawkeye, some of the stuff was just clearly just, it would be fun to watch Jeremy Renner play with some LARPers for a bit. And that's (laughs) fine. That's fine.
2: Aaron? This
0: one's tough for me, because I like both of their storylines. Um, and I did feel like both of them dragged at very small intervals, but they were still there. Um, I, I, I'm, I I gotta say four for both again.
3: Aaron is very closely guarded with his fives. Mm-hmm. Damn son. Problem is, is like
0: if I give one five, I have to give both five. So if I find fault with oh, one. you I just think they're find... tied. The, the, the level is so equal for me. Yeah. It is so
3: hard to like. I think it's
1: going to be the last category that fucks it all up for me Probably. personally, but go ahead, Sam.
3: I, I'm just, for me, the one differentiator I can use to nitpick these two because they're both great is originality. And while I love Hawkeye's Will I Be Home for Christmas, disgruntled older father figure taking on a younger female ward who's spunky, that's fun. It works for a reason. It's been done before. And it's more grounded in reality. Whereas with Moon Knight.
2: I just thought about Annie.
3: <laughs> also part of it. Yeah. Fits in the same bill.
2: <laughs> I think I'm gonna like it here. In
3: New York. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> but then with Moon Knight, like you guys said, I never knew what was going to happen. It's a completely different sort of dynamic where this guy is serving as an avatar for an Egyptian god. It's like, what does that even mean? And then there's the another mystery element in there and a really cool villain. They kind of fall into the trope of like villain is same as hero, but bad same powers, but that works too. So I I give Moon Knight a five there and Hawkeye a four.
2: Copy paste his answers, but I just thoroughly enjoyed the story of Moon Knight so much that I think it deserves a five. Whereas Hawkeye, I did enjoy it, but just like not on that level. That's purely personal reasons okay production quality uh i feel like Aaron's about
1: to hurt me uh so i'm going to say that they're both fours
3: i'm curious why i'm curious why they're both fours and not fives because you clearly love both of these shows
1: i do but the weakest part of every marvel of every marvel property is the effects not the costuming not the characters not the acting it's they're working. They they underpay and overwork the people who work on the visual effects, and it's not their fault. Don't I don't blame the workers for it. It's just time, man. It's just time.
0: And and they never give their 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 artists enough time.
1: The fight scenes are cooler in Hawkeye, but the mirrors and cinematography are cooler in Moon Knight. So I had to level
0: time. Kind of, kind of like with me. If I had to find fault, if I find fault with one, I have to find fault with both because of the equality in that situation. However, that being said, uh, production overall is a three for Moon Knight. Wow. Not not because I didn't also appreciate the cinematography and the, the uh, originality and the visuals that they were able to present. Because in reality, you put this up against almost any of the other shows and that instantly rises. But in relation to Hawkeye who were not only were they able to have new york there but also show the battle of new york from a different point of view and have it go beat for beat perfect in sync
1: you big old nerd
0: (laughs) i have to i have to raise um hawkeye a little bit more than that it was kind of
3: like that sequence from batman v superman where the fight in metropolis is happening between superman and zod and bruce wayne is down on the ground and it was a shot for shot remake from that vantage point of that fight this thing in Mm -hmm. hawkeye you mentioned it was a lot like that except brighter color palette totally right
2: (laughs)
0: yeah moon knight is three hawkeye is four because there are still some weirdness in that so hawkeye gets that slight edge
3: yeah i'm kind of thinking about it that way too like moon knight was of course way more cgi heavy So when you're in a Marvel ecosystem of constantly not budgeting enough time for your effects artists and you have an unfinished product at the end of the day, that's going to be more apparent in a show where a lot of the main characters are fully CG. That unfortunately takes away from the otherwise really good practical sets they had and the really good costume design and the fact that they got to shoot, did they shoot in the Museum of London or the British Museum? I've never been there. Boy,
2: I hope so. I don't what? know.
3: Yeah, I mean, it looked real to me. But anyway, it, it was a cool setting. But the, uh, be- the, the effects were good, like as good as they could have been. But like, it still looked kind of rubbery because it was that TV budget with not enough time. If it was like movie timeline and budget, I'm sure it would have looked better.
1: It was filmed at a museum, but not the British Museum or the National Gallery. It was a Museum of Fine Arts in Budapest.
3: Thank oh. you. So it wasn't
1: actual museum. They filled in.
3: Thank you, wielder of the Google box, Elizabeth. <laughs> so anyway, going uh, and- back to going back to the rating, I I think the mm, shit. This is hard. I think the CG looking kind of incomplete in a lot of places does bring Moon Knight's production quality down, but only to like a four to me because it was still good in my view. I still enjoyed it. And it wasn't most, it usually wasn't to the point where I was distracted and taken out of the moment. I could still enjoy it. And I do have
0: to say Kongshu's actual design and animation was amazing. So yeah. There were some other areas where like with as much time as they were able to spend with Kongshu, it didn't feel like they were able to spend with the hippo goddess.
1: I love Tara. I thought she did a, I she thought honestly they worked, that was good character design. It didn't feel incomplete with her animation.
3: And she looked good it, too. It didn't do. Yeah.
0: She looks good, but there was a, a still a cartoonist that they that could have been avoided with more polish that we were able to get with conkshu surprisingly even though he's literally a bird skull on a very lanky lanky body that's
2: so. probably how it was easier to make him seem like that you True. know he didn't yeah, have facial no expressions to move
1: about, no yeah no facial animations yeah it's just a skeleton you don't have to move the mouth if you don't want to
3: mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean like yeah. look at
0: jack skellington versus um
3: Oogie <laughs> boogie essentially <laughs> there you go um, anyway, for Hawkeye, the sets were good. The costumes were great. Um, New-, New York at Christmas, it, that's just fun shit. You know, I, I give that one a 4 2.
2: Okay. <laughs> I promise I have other opinions than my husband. Okay, next time you're going first. Okay.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but this is definitely the hardest one. Um, and I think because Moon Knight was on a TV budget, it just makes it that much more impressive of how immersive the whole made-up world was because when I think of Moon Knight I think of all of the like hero shots in the entire series of season one that are like so striking and beautiful as far as like composition and everything artistic that goes into that but I you know I picture you know Kanchu hovering on like the statue at night and I picture him turning back time in the sky and I picture this gigantic like throne room thing and it's just like pow pow you know so yeah so for that reason even though it you know probably could have used some more time to finesse those things that we were talking about before I still think it warrants a four so I'm gonna give Moon Knight a four And then production quality, I think, is a lot easier for Hawkeye to achieve in a successful manner. So I think it's kind of a credit where credit is due. But I I also give it a four because I don't think it was severely lacking in anything. It's just good, not the best, (laughs) you know? So I also give it a four, and I will go first next time. So I don't yeah. <laughs> get swayed. I feel like I'm, I'm, take,
3: I'm taking all of your ideas ahead of time, and you're like, oh, <laughs> "Damn it, I was gonna say that."
2: <laughs> okay, consequences. This is a tough one because they're so different. So you have to look at it, as, you know, more broadly. So obviously, for Moon Knight, consequences are, as far as stakes go, less high for me. Um, whereas Hawkeye, it's like. You're taking so much from the past, having this story through line in the present, and then expanding on that infinitely in the future. You're bringing in old characters, new characters, continuing storylines, wrapping up storylines. It's just like a lot to think about um, as far as the future of the MCU in general. So that's why I think Hawkeye actually has a leg up to Moon Knight. And I feel like I'm going to regret this because i think they're both good because like we were saying before with moon knight you don't know where it's going but that's a good thing um but i'll give moon knight a four and hawkeye five for that
3: plot twist i love it
1: go ahead sam what are your thoughts
3: well when we're talking about consequences are we talking about like the ramifications this will have down the line or in the are we referring more to the how it overall fits into the grander mcu
2: like both both? Both. Both.
3: Okay. I mean, if we're talking about how it fits in, obviously Hawkeye picks up where a lot of things left off and sets up th- other things to come in the future very clearly. Thunderbolts, Young Avengers, Clint finally getting to live in some peace and fucking quiet. Finally, mm-hmm. enjoy his hearing loss on the farm. Oh my god! But... Another This Is Us thing. <laughs> Wait. But
2: oh, sorry, The Last I... of Us, not This Is Us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm
3: like what, well, uh,
2: <laughs> Milo.
3: Dead dads. Oh, right.
2: Those are very different. <laughs> now, yet,
0: I'm really sure. similar. I for, I forget. I forget how they explain it in the show because it, it has been a minute since I've watched it. But I know in the comics or some iterations of Clint Barton in the comics have him actually being born deaf. Mm. Um, I forget that if the MCU made it that he lost his hearing maybe during like the
3: Battle of New York or something like that. I'm glad he
1: isn't because yeah. that kind of chomps on Daredevil's flavor and Echo's flavor.
3: Yeah, there's yeah. already a deaf character in this show. But like in, in Hawkeye I'm pretty sure he just said like he's getting older, he's been around a lot of explosions like there was a quick montage of a lot of loud things going on around him. It's just wear and tear, you know? The eardrums are sensitive.
1: In this show
2: it's weird. Yeah, and
3: like my, my, my damn, father... Rock and
2: roll. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: well it's like
0: my father actually wears hearing aids now and like the fact that they are like almost invisible is is kind of neat um and that they were one of the first uses of bluetooth technology that like m- normal consumers could get it was is, is pretty cool to know but um yeah that's I, I for some reason i thought he was either deaf or he went deaf during his life before what we see in the mcu but i i forget how the mcu did it so
3: yeah I like their iteration. But anyway, um, Hawkeye very directly relates to some other stories that were going on. But because of that, if you're a newcomer to this world, say you just downloaded Disney Plus and you haven't gone to the movies a lot, if you haven't seen the movies, you're going to be freaking lost. Whereas if you're a newcomer and you watch Moon Knight, it can exist in a silo. You you can jump in and it, it makes sense on its own. And I don't think that's a mark against it, even if it's not necessarily building to something in the future that we know of. Or is directly playing off of something that happened before in another property. I like that it's a standalone. Like sometimes I like my serialized television. So for yeah, me... Like it
2: could end there and that'd be that.
3: I'd be fine with that. And that makes it a damn good show. Also in the Emmys, they entered it as a limited series. So they better not make a season two. Otherwise they're cheating. Hmm? But at any rate, I I, th- I, think I give both of them fours because they're good for different reasons.
1: Go on, hurt
3: me, babe. <laughs> Girl, wait till we hang up first. Jeez, I know this is married to the idea, but. Uh. Sex joke <laughs> number three. I got a five joke quota. I gotta hit it before we're done. <laughs> we You're allotted
0: five sex jokes. I I I hear what you guys are saying, and I I I can appreciate that that mindset of you know uh, serialized TV. I think that's why the show um, Abbott Elementary is so popular right now is because it is not like week to week. You got to figure out what's going on. And it, it's just, it's a nice look at a situation that can have drama, but it's not blown out of proportion. Um, uh, it's also well-written, well-acted, just highly, highly recommend. And also it shows my, essentially shows my wife as a teacher. So um <laughs> that all being said, looking at this list of these eight shows, Hawkeye is in the running of the most implications for what happens in the show or uh, during during these episodes. Um, There's really it's it's kind of like you can almost split it in half. You have four that really have a lot of implications and four that only have some, if any at all. Um, And Hawkeye is in that contention for that top spot with the other 14 or other four uh, TV shows. But with that being said, you, uh, Paige, I think you mentioned about bringing things from the past, still having a good story, and then showing what's going to happen in the future. And for all three of those reasons, of knowing where the story has been, what they are doing with the story right now, and what they are setting up for the future, I mean, it's a solid five all the way across the board. Everything is handled well, um, I think, like showing, like, that the Battle of New York is now a fucking musical, like, fucking lame is. Like, that that's where our society is. It's like we, we turn these events into musicals, which aren't necessarily a bad thing, but it's what's happening.
1: It was the most unrealistic part of the entire television show. That mm-hmm. a mere 10 years later, there's a musical about this really tragic event. It was the most. Im- practical thing about that show. we
0: had a movie about sully within 10 years of the happening on um uh, the
1: but was it a comedy with jokes and songs no it was a drama
0: it was in m- musicals are their own category you have dramatic musicals you have comedic musicals but musicals still its own category in my opinion with having Just nothing different
1: years get yeah, an alexander hamilton musical writ and you think that battle of new york is gonna show up on broadway 10 years post i don't think so man
0: well, if you think about it, some someone had five years to write it when nothing else was really happening. There was nothing on Broadway at that time. It was just
1: writer fiercely working in their bungalow, like when everyone I, gets back, I'm I gonna have do, a show for them. I can Wait do and this see all day.
0: and it's it's with all the original members like Hulk and Thor and Captain America and Ant Man. Didn't have a fact checker or anything like that. So, so Hawkeye is solidly a five. I just prep the middle finger for you, just like. Yeah, go ahead. Moon Knight is a two. Whoa! Hang on, before you raise those pitchforks. Too late. Raised. It is not because of a. It has a negative impact, or it doesn't have any sort of cultural impact. In fact, if it was just based on that. Moon Knight would win solely on that because while there's some amazing things that happened in Hawkeye, including, uh, having Echo in it and having really well, uh, represented ASL, uh, signers, Moon Knight is its own show. It does not, it references very, very tenuously other things. It reminds me of like Iron Man back in the day. Iron Man had a couple of ties to other things outside of the post credit scene, but that was it. Th- that's what this reminds me of is that it's it, it they're almost not afraid but they just don't want to they, they're playing in their own sandbox and that sandbox is still amazing That's their is own a sandbox Moon Knight may Big still sandbox. show up another property but <laughs> 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 um but night is a, it for consequences and implications it's a two there are other things being set up and the story itself If they hadn't submitted it as a limited series or if they basically said they're not going to be a second season, that would change my answer a little bit. But you're right, Sam. They haven't.
3: They could be lying, though. They could be. This might surprise you, Aaron, but Disney, the multinational trillion-dollar company, isn't always super forthcoming. You know, like Like a a liar. liar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
3: There's the
0: Mulaney reference. That all being said, taking what we know right now, still an amazing show and I knew it was going to break one way or the other for me in one specific area and this is that specific area.
1: Okay, I know I can't win now, so I will have my say. Aaron, in the new Daredevil series that's coming out, the one that they're doing cuz they're getting rid of the old Daredevil series, is the Kingpin in it? I believe so. Is he played by the same guy who is in Hawkeye?
0: Yeah, Vincent no, for you
1: So, The Hawkeye series don't mean diddly for the future of the MCU. Because Echo shoots that man point blank in his face. And you're telling me he's just going to show up alive in the Daredevil show?
0: First off, Kingpin does actually have some sort of, like, Well... He's just fat, Aaron. Be sensitive. (laughs) Not the blob. I'm not calling him the blob. But if I'm not mistaken, he has some sort of mutation or some sort of body modification thing where his skin
3: is thicker than other people's. I forget exactly. He He's not. He can take criticism. Um... <laughs> but no, you're right. He was getting hit pretty hard in Hawkeye, and he was just kind of shoving oh, like, yeah. shaking it off. He was no like impenetrable. There's, there's something going on there. It's like,
0: because even in the Daredevil series uh, with Charlie Cox, he, like, Charlie Cox has to work to beat up this man Uh, even though he's blind, but he like, there's like a whole scene. Like I beat you. Like he does beat this man. Like in the movie with Ben Affleck played honestly pretty well by Michael Clark Duncan. Um, one of the better parts of that movie. He's this big imposing person as we kind of see in the, into the spider verse. He has something. I don't remember what there's other Spider-Man villains that have more, but he has something.
3: Is this a long way of saying you think he's
0: alive? we know he's alive.
3: And that's
1: why consequences in the podcast. Unless. If
0: you don't unless, see them die,
2: they're not dead. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, d- do not get me started on that saying. Because I loved the escape game movies, even though they're trash. And they relied heavily on that s- saying in the second movie.
2: Ate that. I didn't <laughs> even know that was a thing.
1: In Moon Night, gods literally exist and walk among us in a way that was implied previously in other ones, but is really quite explicit. Not only do they live and walk among us, they are connected to other God planes. The afterlife does quantitatively exist for everyone Mm. in this universe in a way that it did not exist before. You dead, you dead. That is it. That sounds quite
3: consequential.
1: (laughs) I am with Sam on the fact that if someone just comes in and watches this, it's good without any context, and with you, Aaron, that, like, Iron Man, it didn't set up anything, but there's enough in there that if you were a fan, you could be like, I know that, and I know that, and now you have a whole bunch of stuff that you could pull from if you wanted to, and I'm with Paige, that if we want, like, a new group coming in, we do have Kate Bishop, obviously, but we also have, like, a brand new, type. we could have noir film in the Marvel Universe, which does not exist, but it could with Moon Knight. (laughs) I think think that i shot myself in the foot i said that consequences mattered for this particular ranking because i think they do i think consequences are important in film and especially mcu where consequences just don't seem to matter much anymore no one stays dead no one is forever gone it's because you gotta make money that being said i know i've already lost and i'm not gonna tank the votes just to make sure that i win so i will say that both Moon Knight and hawkeye R four,
0: and let it be known, I did
3: not tank Moon Knight to try to get Hawkeye to win. Yep, this is all okay. This is all this is all subjective rankings. That's you know, that's if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. No shame. So Paige is there. They
0: you know, this is probably I the re- closest re- battle that we'll have. Yeah, it wasn't as clear
3: cut as the first. So Paige is tabulating right now. But um, as we wait for her to do that, I mean, I, I'd I'd be remiss if I, I didn't. F- I, I think we know. We know. I mean. Yeah, I didn't want to spoil anything, but yeah, probably. But you know, whatever the case may be, these obviously these are both very solid shows that are filling very different niches. So you can yeah make the apples and oranges comparison there. But um, one other thing that happens a lot in the MCU is that nothing is as what it seems. Paige, what do you got?
2: Well, Moon Knight came in with um, a sixty-seven, which is very high, respectable. Um. And then Hawkeye came in at 67. So we have a tie.
3: We have a tie. <laughs> okay. So, if I may suggest something we can do to try and break this tie, this may be a horrible idea, but let's think about it. One other wild card factor we can throw in here to advance the winner the gut check. If we think about it and think, which one did we have more fun watching? Because at the end of the day, that's the ultimate goal of all these shows, yeah? So if we can choose which one we enjoyed more, we cast one more vote, each of us, for that. What, what do you think about that?
1: I think we've proven that they both deserve to go on. Whoever does go on, it's it's a matter of personal taste and opinion.
0: I, I think in any other bracket, this probably would have been like the finals. Yeah, that's true. Who yes. set up this bracket?
3: God damn.
1: The randomizer.
3: <laughs> we cannot right. have ties. Ties are for Father's Day. We gotta pick a winner here.
1: Gut check, Moon Knight.
3: Gut check, Hawkeye. Gut check, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. It is again. This could have gone either I, way. It it, it really could have. I have
0: no qualms with this. I feel like we cussed disgust I, I feel like we, we we
1: must and fussed.
0: Yeah. I, I I I hold no ill will with this. So.
3: Uh, the other category I was going to suggest is the Oscar Isaac factor. Moon Knight had two Oscar Isaacs. Hawkeye had none. So, if we were going to go by that,
2: really, it's like Hawkeye's fault,
1: really. Yes,
0: but then if you want to look at it as uh, uh, into the Spider Verse, which is the best <laughs> metric, you still you only had truly one Oscar Isaac, even though he was split. You then also had a um, Haley Steinfeld. So
3: that is hmm. true.
1: Right, It looks like Miss Marvel and Moon Knight are both heading into the final four.